You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers Weekly Wednesday. I'm here with Eric Crocker and Nick Winkler on this fine Wednesday. This episode brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first ever daily fantasy sports book that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash locked on for 300% back on your first play. Some unfortunate news coming out of mini camps, OTAs, whatever they're calling them today. Uh, for the 49ers, some injuries now. A couple of players done for the year. That is where we must start this conversation, and we'll end it with some of your Twitter and email questions on this Wednesday edition of Locked On 49ers. And let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Wink, what was your response when you heard the news about the latest injuries in camp? Wow. <laughs> Yeah, he took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, it's one of those things where you're like, well, no, no, this was that was last year. No, no, injuries, that, that was last year's thing. Like, we're not going to do that again this year, right? We're starting it already, Ugh. I guess. Uh, and, Croc, I guess that answers our question from yesterday of why they decided to bring in Tony Jefferson at safety. Tarverius Moore, if you have not heard the news, Tarverius Moore is done for the year. Ruptured Achilles, I believe it is, for Tarverius Moore and a torn ACL for Justin School. And both those guys were actually taking starters reps right now because Trent Williams and Jaquaski Tart were two players who were not currently uh participating and and actively practicing. So now we're already down to what third string left tackle and strong safety at least right now and and I think they expect Tart and and Williams to be ready to go, but obviously it's a big uh it's a big knock for depth. Croc, uh your thoughts on the injury to Tarverius Moore, Justin School? And Justin School's a player I thought maybe was on the sort of the roster bubble, but if he's your backup left tackle, you probably got a roster spot, right? So that's that could be significant for the 49ers, and Tarverius Moore could have played all kinds of roles on the Niners' defense. Yeah, so one, one thing that kind of came out right away was the Tony Jefferson signing actually was before Tarverius Moore got injured. So, so Tavarius Moore is like running down the field. And they're like, hey, do you hear you signed Tony Jefferson? He's like, what? He turned around. He's like, that's Achilles. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, I, I did not that's... see that. That's interesting. Okay, so they, they want a yeah. definite. So maybe they'll, I mean, hey, I've seen the name Malik Hooker out there. I've seen the name. Um, is Hooker still a free agent? I believe Malik Hooker is still available. I, I think they're. kind of got to say his first name first time. Is Malik Hooker still <laughs> <a> free agent? <laughs> Always available. Uh, yeah, as far as I know, he's still a free agent and still out there. I think there's some injury issues, obviously, with him, and then those have dogged him for a little while. Um, and then Earl Thomas is another name that's out there on the street. I don't know. Huh. I, I don't think the Niners need to do that necessarily, but um, if they thought they needed depth to sign Tony Jefferson on, before Tarverius Moore's injury, then I would imagine, especially free safety starts to get a little dicey because most of their uh, safety depth is more box type safeties right right how are you guys on the whole injury thing because i kind of have my theory on on it all and i i got you know i only want to say i got pushback but i just gave my thoughts because i'm seeing everything floating around twitter and a lot of it is that 49ers need to fire the training staff and get a whole new training staff which they did a couple years ago but i actually have a different theory and experience with all of that and 
Well, you've so, actually trained at a level that's much higher than Winkler and I have. Like I, right. my 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 knee is like swollen up like a basketball right now, uh, just from doing very minor workout stuff. <laughs> so I, I'm not one that uh, uh, that should be talking about what sort of training it would take to to not be injured. Although, hey, I'm a gamer. I'll play through it. I'll play through it. I always show up to the softball game first pitch. I always show up to the hoops pickup style. Whether uh, the latest thing I did was that basically got blisters and there's no skin left on the bottom of my feet playing basketball because I had the wrong shoes on because I left the house like a dummy <laughs> with the wrong shoes. And it's like not good. It's like, you know what? I'm, if you throw the ball, I'm going to chase it. So, um, But when it comes to playing NFL football, I mean, these, these are massive injuries happening in unpadded practices. I don't know. Wink, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I hurt my back walking up the stairs earlier. So, yeah, yeah this is definitely not my area of expertise. But it's like I have a question. Uh, you've definitely worked out a lot more than I have probably both of you. Can you strengthen your Achilles? Like, are there stretches for that? Like, is it is it they're not stretching enough? Like, same with ligaments. Like, are there things you can do to protect ligaments? Or are these just freak injuries? If, if you talk to people like that are really in that field. And I work with athletes and stuff like that, but, and I've taken kinesiology classes. There are things that you can do to strengthen up like muscles and stuff around your ligaments. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what really helps. The weird thing with all of this is me personally, I trained extremely hard. Like I trained so hard and I was not professionally trained most of my playing career. A lot of times it was just, me and some friends going out, working out really hard, sweating, just doing whatever we felt like would get us stronger and bigger and faster or whatever. Um, trainers that I worked with, it, there was no like rhyme or reason a lot of times to what we were doing. We didn't go through like different phases of loading and, uh, and <laughs> unload, like we were just working out and we right. were running and we we're grinding and I never got hurt. Like right. never. And like that's the most interesting thing about this whole thing to me is everybody blaming the training steps and maybe they do have something to do with it, but I never got hurt. Right. And I I didn't miss a game due to injury until my very last year playing 2015 where somebody, I got a high ankle sprain. Somebody just dove into my ankle and you know, my foot got caught underneath and I, I thought my ankle got ripped apart. I was screaming. It was terrible. But aside from that, as far as like just injuries and things that, you know, torn ACLs and things you're seeing, I, I, I hear all these different, scientific reasons as to why this and that and all this that and the other but I never got hurt so it's, it's hard for me to put it on the training staff and I've leaned more towards a lot of it is bad luck I, I think if you're seeing it at this yeah. high of a alarming of a rate you would think that maybe the, maybe the 49ers have something to do with it or maybe they're training but I can't yeah un- I don't understand that because I've been in all kind of different trainings all kind of whatever and I never got hurt so I, I, think- I think it's a lot of it's bad luck I think people look want to like they need a connection because there's like there's so many things going on like there has to be a reason for it but maybe it's just bad luck man. It's been consistent though with the 49ers. Yeah, like this isn't a one year two year thing. Right. I mean, going back I remember 2014 they were just destroyed by injuries even that year. A lot of people don't remember cuz I mean the team went 8 and 8 still, but they had a lot of injuries they dealt with. So this has been something that's been happening for a long time between 49ers, even the team like the Chargers, right? It seems like the Chargers are always getting hurt as well, but I can't. I mean, again, I never missed a game due to injury right. until my very last year playing. And I'm talking about all the way from Pop Warner, high school, 4 years of college, you know, and playing professionally. I was banged up at times, but never anything that ever helped me out until the very, very end. So, you know, it's 
I, I don't know. I hear everybody. I hear the scientific reasons. I hear people saying, well, you know, everybody's bigger, stronger, faster. And, and now the collisions are big. It's like, well, there's no, there's no collisions right now. They're not padded <laughs> right. or anything. And the four is still getting hurt. So I, I just, I don't understand it. And I, I can't put it on the training staff, which everybody wants to do. It's so hard because there, I think there's so many different reasons a player could get hurt. Like you mentioned, yours was like the obvious thing. Like, uh, you're you're hitting an area where your your body can't move, and, and mm. I think like uh, last year Nick Bosa's ACL, his foot was caught in the turf, yeah. and he gets pushed over by a 300 pound dude, and it just right. you know that there's nothing that can that can happen there. That wasn't because of conditioning, it wasn't because of anything. It was just football's a sport that sometimes that kind of thing can happen. And it happened to you, Croc. But I think there's the aspect of working out less is supposed to be better for players but it's not helping there's not fewer injuries now right i mean and these are well, unpadded practices and you're popping your achilles or your meniscus in the case um jeff wilson wasn't even practicing he was walking around and his meniscus goes and well, he just stood up he yeah like, he just, he just stood, stood up, up and <laughs> 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 actually meniscus. had meni a meniscus thing and yeah it's not good so you know i got bone on bone going on in my knee which is why it's all swollen and gets mad at me um but that's just one you know just one of those things that that kind of happens um but so I my question is, and Croc, you might have some good input here, and I've talked about this before on the Peacock and Williamson show when we were talking about some other injuries and, and all the practice time stuff. You think about someone like, I always equate it to baseball. Nolan Ryan threw more pitches than anybody. He threw the most between starts. The dude was just a hoss and could throw. And he could throw mm -hmm. all day, and that's the way he was built. And I think some people are built in a way that they can handle stress on their body they can handle the grind of a of an nfl practice an nfl season some players are more likely that something is going to break down so if you actually you're doing it less and putting less stress on your body through high school through uh, college with some of those workouts and some practice time stuff maybe you didn't find out that you couldn't you know, carry the load as a running back until you got to the point where you had to play a 16 game season. And it's like, Oh, now I'm going to finally break down. Or maybe it's just all the mileage on your body of, of all that time and everything, or it's just, you ramped up too soon, or maybe you had an injury that was about to snap and then finally it snaps, but non padded practices, having big time injuries like this ACLs. And uh, there, there's definitely something going on and it's happened too often for the 49ers, which is the worrisome part. So I don't have any kind of an answer except it should happen pretty equally for all 32 teams. And it's been years now that it's happened more to the 49ers last year, even more than, than ever. All right. I can tell this conversation about injuries is going to continue into this program a lot longer and probably into future programs. Hopefully not though. Hopefully it dies down and we don't have to talk about injuries much more when it concerns the San Francisco 49ers more and your questions, more winky Wednesday coming up. Do you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising the game is rigged against you? You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house. It's head-to-head -head fantasy matchups. You name the stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one-on-one. -on -one. Play Stat Hero now 
and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play, a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Just got back a little vacation from Lake Tahoe, and guess what? Bill Bars came in handy multiple times. Late night, needed a little something, everything's closed, grab a Bill Bar. Early morning, breakfast, on the run, grab a Bill Bar right before the back nine, playing Oh, beautiful golf courses in Lake Tahoe and need a little something back nine. Don't want to reach for some gnarly meal. Just grab a little built bar. You're on your way. Protein, 17 grams of protein to be exact. Only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar in most built bars and only four grams of net carbs. Even good for a keto diet. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter, which is my favorite. Double chocolate, salted caramel, and there's new flavors all the time like the grasshopper, which was fantastic is what I had on the golf course in Lake Tahoe. So wherever you are, on vacation, at home, need a snack, go to BuiltBar.com, get yourself 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. Croc, how do you fix this when it comes to 49ers continually getting injured? Would you fire the staff? Because that's what I'm seeing a lot of on Twitter. Uh, they already did that. They did it like yeah. three years ago, right? That was, and and that was that was under Shanahan and Lynch that they have already changed training staffs once. So what what was going on before and what is going on now that's not better? I, that's really right. hard. And I I don't know. I I, I don't and, think that should be the answer, but you have to do something. Yeah, and that's why I lean more towards. I think it's bad luck, even if it's happening more to one team than the other. I think it's just guys, body, whatever it is. Now, there are ways that you can prepare better, right? Like certain, right. if you have like soft tissue injuries and things like that, maybe you weren't doing anything at all throughout the offseason and then you come to OTAs and all of a sudden you want to just go a thousand miles an hour, yeah. even yeah. though they build up, but maybe you aren't even prepared you ramped up for the buildup, right? Yeah. And, 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 and that could lead of- to injuries. I could see that, but this isn't that. Like we're talking about a, a, a torn, a, a ruptured Achilles and a torn ACL. And again, there are certain things. If you talk to the right people, they'll tell you stepping a certain way or not strengthening certain muscles or maybe something with your training can lead to these type of injuries. But I go back to me. I always go back to me where I trained however and whatever it was that we were doing, I was doing it and there was no plan or anything. And I never got hurt, never even came close to tearing the ACL. So, I mean, I just, I don't understand it. I just think, guys, I, I really think that injuries, most of them, I really think can't be, you can't like prepare enough to not pop your Achilles. You know, it's one of those things where the greats are the greats because most likely, and and you'll, I think you'll see this more and more, they don't get hurt. They're the guys that are always out there. They're always playing. They play through injuries because, you know, maybe they're, their bodies are just built different. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's like, I go back to my first, my first very first day of JV camp, I'm out there with the the, the lineman because I'm like, all right, I, I can't be a running back. I'm not fast enough, blah, blah, blah. Guy that's going to be the starting fullback pops his Achilles the very first day. Like, the, and boom. So I get pulled over and then I'm the starting fullback for the rest of the season. Like, it's, it's, and I didn't get injured. 
just like you. I was out there every single game. You know, it, it's one of those things where, yeah, that's JV football, and it's not the same as the pros, but some people just get injured. Some people are just injury points. Some Sometimes it's just bad luck. Like, I don't think they need to do anything with the coaching staff. They already did it. They already tried that. Maybe it's the turf. You know, maybe it's whatever they've got out there. Maybe it's the grass that they're practicing on. I don't know. Or maybe it's just bad luck. Yeah, I mean, I maybe I can't. you got to start looking at the the surface too, right? If, yeah, if it's if it's happening at practice and 49ers right. practice specifically, I can't. But that's the I I can't. I grew up across the street from a park. Right, we played every yeah. single game on this holes, lumpy, whole pothole yeah. grass and everything. <laughs> Nobody got hurt. Yep. And then the NFL has the most amazing grass. It's cut like this mm-hmm. low, and mm-hmm. I mean, you you can like. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing grass that they're playing on. It, and it's like the most well-perfected grass. Oh, yeah. And oh, like, yeah. If they're getting hurt on that, I I, I, I don't know. I don't want to be, it. I know everybody's going to push back on what I'm saying right now. Yeah. So I, I don't want to be this guy to say that I know everything. I, I just, from my experiences, like growing up, the, the whole, you know, my, my wife, she talks bad about, you know, no, our son can't drink tap water. He can't feel this. We drank out of water hose growing out of the up. Hose, man. <laughs> Like, so what do you mean we can't drink tap water? I grew up drinking out of water holes. <laughs> like, right. Yep. No, I, I just I, I'm gonna go back to it and I'm with you, Croc. I don't I don't think that it's something that I, I just think that people are trying to find a reason for it. I just don't think it's there. I think this is just bad luck. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, we definitely don't have any answers. And maybe the 49ers are gonna find some answers, or at least uh, if you, you they at the very minimum they have to put some sort of a commission together and put some money into it and say, look, mm. we've lost millions of dollars of, of players on the field. We can throw a million dollars at a study or something, try to figure out what the hell is going on here. I, I would say the one thing that, you know, and we already saw, I don't want to say an overreaction, but the 49ers cancel practice today, mm-hmm. but you see a lot of people responding with, you know, just don't practice. And it's like, <laughs> dude, we have to practice. Right. Like we have to practice <laughs> guys need this time. It, I don't know what you do about it. I don't know how you can get around it, but you have to practice. You have to build your body and prepare your body for a, vi- a vigorous, a rigorous NFL season. And the way that you do that is through off-season workouts, OTAs. You build up. Guys go home for a summer. They, the staffs usually send guys home with a, a pamphlet full of workouts on what to do each day and how they structure your workouts for you. You just have to follow the guidelines. They prepare you for everything. You get to the actual, you know, training camp and then, you know, things get continued, but by then your body is supposed to be a certain way. And then, mm-hmm. you know, then you go into the regular season. Like there is a buildup and a, a, a way that they do it to where you're not just throwing everything at guys and they're not prepared for it. But you can't scale back on that. They've scaled back so much. Now, right, and, yeah. and that's another thing. And it's not helping. Guys in the that's old the days, key. It's, it's not helping to scale back. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need to play more football and do less other bullcrap. There you and go. And I think that might be some of it because you, you look at the old days. I mean, they literally, especially training camp, in the field before that new CBA and everything, they were practicing like – they were having like three-hour practices. And then during training camp, they were having double days. So you have like a three-hour practice – and then another three-hour practice, and guys were perfectly fine, right? Yeah, like days. not having injuries to this extent. I can't even think of like guys early on and in the '90s really like tearing ACLs. Somebody said, "Well, maybe they weren't reporting it because right. it wasn't mandated." But I'm like, 
I think if that's you tore an ACL, you tore an ACL. Right. Right. There, there was some definite know. stuff where people were taping up things, maybe that they shouldn't have. Rub your dirt on, rip some dirt on it, you know, and get back out there. And Inject remember, it used to be something. a thing. Remember back in the day, it used to be, oh, he blew his knee out. It was really unspecific. That could have been a meniscus, could have been an ACL, could have been anything. Could have been a patella. It was like, uh, you know, uh, he blew his knee out. That was the end of his career. It's like, oh, okay, that's what happened to that guy. And they don't come back from it. Now guys are coming back from some of these injuries, but it seems like there's more injuries. Maybe we're just paying closer attention. Yeah. Bigger, stronger, faster. That's yeah. what I'm being told. And they, that's what they're saying the issue is. Crocker, do you think, because you train people, you know, the, I forget what they call it, but when you're doing like, a, like when you're balancing on a, on a ball and doing a workout. Plyos. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're supposed to be strengthening up the muscles around things like your ACL and around your joints. Could you possibly be putting more stress on some of those joints doing those types of workouts too? Could we be seeing some, maybe the science isn't catching up and they think they're helping and maybe they're hurting in some ways or maybe some some athletes are doing that wrong and maybe putting more stress on certain parts of their bodies? Uh, you know, I, I think that could be it. I don't know if you guys watch um, I Am Athlete, but Ocho Cinco has this theory that people are too healthy now and that's causing <laughs> more injuries. He's saying that he eats McDonald's. He works out hard. He eats McDonald's and he never gets hurt. And um, then you have Brandon Marshall, who's a health freak and had all these injuries. And Ocho is like, the reason why you had all these injuries is because your body didn't build up a callus. My body built up a callus from eating McDonald's. Your body <laughs> is too healthy. And that's why you're so injured. <laughs> and I wonder if, you know, maybe that has something to do with it. I love oh, that theory. Funny. But I think my theory is it comes back down to the Nolan Ryan thing. And I think Ocho Cinco is probably part of it is it didn't matter what he did. He yeah. was going to, you know, he's built for it. He was going to, unless something, you know, unless a big dude came and his feet were planted and, and busted through the side of his leg and, and, and he broke his leg or something like that, you know, unless some one of those freak football injuries happen, a car wreck that you can't do anything about. I think some people are built to handle that and their bodies are built for it and they're going to last no matter what they do and some players aren't. And so I think we're we're seeing a lot of that too and I think more players are getting through the cracks that might have broken down early and they're getting to the league because um uh, because those things are are they're they're looking out for those players trying to prevent those injuries for so long that they would have broken down maybe in college instead they break down in the NFL maybe they would have broken down in high school and they broke down in college instead so i, I mm -hmm. think there's maybe some of that that's just one of the the pieces to it potentially and they've turned down everything in college too i remember we had to sign a paper saying that we were only at the facility for a certain amount of hours that wasn't something that you mm -hmm. know they've been doing for centuries or anything like that mm -hmm. that that was new that right. you could only be there for a certain amount of hours. And when I got to the NFL, it was very similar. We couldn't even, if I wanted to go and like run routes on my own or whatever, like there was, it was like a very specific way I had to do it. Not run routes, I'm a defensive back, but you know, work on D DB stuff. Yeah. Like right. there could not be any coaches involved. There was, you know, you, I can only do it between these hours. So I'm like, man, like, what about all these stories I hear about people like getting all the extra work in and stuff? And they're like, oh, right. well, you can't do that anymore. It's like, what the heck? <laughs> the Jerry Rice stories of him being there just running routes all day long. <laughs> yeah. They were like, or like nah, yeah, like, not anymore. Know, there's no Oklahoma drills. There's no stuff no. like that. There's, there's mm -hmm. no double days. They've definitely cut out a lot and, and we're still seeing as many injuries and maybe it's just because they're playing paying closer attention to some of these injuries and look and, and we've seen um there was a lot of talk that in the 49ers were one of those teams that had a really big turnout at their otas and their non-mandatory stuff but some teams there were that were planning not to show up and and some folks did show up to work out and some teams i think it was the saints yeah ross jackson from locked on saints said 
that Saints players were opting out because of injury risk, but then they canceled seven on sevens and eleven on elevens. So then they did show up. So um, I don't know. I mean, I just I I I feel like you got to practice though, right? You got to practice yeah. football, and that's my issue. Like, what what are we doing? Like, this is not like seven on sevens, eleven on elevens. It's not new. You know, they've scaled back all the way. Even with padded practices, you can only have so many padded practices in the NFL. It's, and it's a crazy low number, like 15 padded practices or something like yeah, that. Yeah, in training camp. It's extremely low. They don't hit each other you know, at all during the season, right? Once the season starts, they you're barely not taking ramp anybody. Up you're yeah. not taking anyone to the ground. Guys. Like, none of that. Guys, it all comes down to money. Right. I mean, they cut back on practices. Oh, because of player safety. Oh, but now let's add us another game. You know, it's like, come on. Do oh, you God. really take this seriously or is oh, it really these... all about that almighty dollar? That reminds me, these players have to make it through 17 games. Yeah. Though. Whole extra week. I wonder a, if the players a, a are going to full football, not preseason, not exhibition, not play the first quarter and then leave. No, no. This is a whole nother four quarters that these guys got to get through. It's. I just think we're we're just seeing the beginning of these injuries. I think it's going to be more and more. Like you said, the, the human body, maybe the the body hasn't caught up to the science yet or something, and maybe it'll it'll take a little bit of time. But well, science is always changing. Something there's going to be new ideas, and in five years yeah. they'll be talking about something else. Maybe that will be one of the things, or maybe they'll be like, "Oh, we are right on this. We didn't do enough of this. We need more, right. this, less of this, whatever." So that'll always change. And there's really smart people working hard and getting paid to figure these things out. So hopefully, whoever that is can get it figured out, and they can hire some of those folks with the 49ers to uh, to figure some of this. I. I bet at some point in the future we're going to start seeing players, like high-profile players that earn the opportunity to do it, sign contracts that are not for the full season, especially if the NFL goes to 18 games, which is probably going to happen not in not the, the not-too-distant future. A player is like, yeah, I'm going to sign a contract, but it's only for 15 games. So, Interesting. We'll I played 18 games in the Arena League. Our, our regular season was 18 games. 18? Now, our games weren't like as long because we kind of had like a running clock. Mm-hmm. And obviously – Everybody isn't as big and fast as the NFL, um, more so in the interior. Yeah. But um, I think overall, but yeah, we played 18 game regular seasons. Mm. And you and you yeah. ran into a wall that you couldn't see coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On every side of you. Yeah. <laughs> this just in, Julio Jones, official Tennessee Titans Twitter, is going to wear the number two. A.J. Brown tried to give him 11 and he wouldn't take it. So one plus one equals two. Yeah, there you go. Number two is better than the eleven, anyways. You like it? And I'm not just saying that because I wore it for several years. I don't buy two's it. A, two's a strong number. <laughs> eleven is a weird number because, yeah. like, it, my my brain will focus on eleven and it starts to uh, feel like it's not a number. It's just lines. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just parallel artistically. Yeah, the way know. my line, the way my brain looks at things and and dig- and and uh, accepts photographs and pictures into my brain i see 11 and it becomes not a number it just becomes it's a road lines. yeah <laughs> yeah train tracks <laughs> all right let's get to some i always talk about Winky wednesday questions and we answer one it happens every single week and that was when it was just me and wink so let's do a full segment here we'll we'll, we'll do a, a solid bit of time on some of your questions email and twitter next with the ever-increasing numbers of makes models it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer? You can't see what he's looking at. He's looking at this screen, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Then you got to come back and wait for the part to even get there. 
you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket with an endless supply of everything you need for your vehicle. I'm always blown away at how much they have in stock at rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are always the same for everybody and are always reliably low. Just let them know that Locked On sent you. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Croc, here's a good one from you, an email from James. He says, do the Niners pay players for tryouts, including travel costs. Also, for situations like the one with Marquise Lee, do the guys get paid per day? They're on the team. I presume these costs don't count against the salary cap. Cheers from London. Keep up the good work. Shout out, James, from London. Appreciate the question. I, you know, I wonder that for players who are in camp, and Marquise Lee's a good one. He, they, he, they signed him, but you get paid in the NFL on game checks, right? So when do you get paid if you're Marquise Lee and you never saw a game check? Okay, so you, you get paid for both. So you do get paid for, well, not paid, but they pay for your travel. They fly you in for your workout. They put you up in a hotel. They pick you up, all that stuff, feed you breakfast, all that good stuff. You don't have to pay for anything. And they give you per diem. So um, as they pick you up, they'll give you a packet. There'll be like 60 bucks in there. So that's your dinner money. That's your breakfast money. So they take care of that your whole stay, everything. And then um, when you are signed in the offseason, everybody gets a weekly stipend. So it is not a part of your contract at all. It's just a weekly amount that you always get. If I had to guess right now, um, I'd say it's probably $2,000, maybe probably more than that. It's probably close to $2,500. If not more, I'm pretty sure we could kind of find it out, but it's just a weekly stipend. It has nothing to do with your contract at all, um, but you get it throughout the off season. And then it's actually a little bit more in training camp. Um, veterans get a little bit more than rookies, but yeah. So like Marquise Lee, you know, there, he, that counts as a week. He will get whatever that weekly stipend was. It's just not much in the event that you get hurt. Sure. <laughs> so, so Croc, no, oh, but you, then we, if you get hurt there, they do do injury settlements. So they'll pay you for it's, it's like, and I'm, I'm doing all this off memories guys. Sorry, but they'll pay you injury. Your injury settlement is like a, it's it's not the full amount of whatever it is, but then it's kind of like how many games you were you would technically miss with that injury, mm. and they would pay you that. And then if you're gonna do your training away from the facility or like back home or whatever, then they kind of cover that cost as well for your rehab. Got it. So the injury settlement stuff, when it's a four to six week injury, and they just cut you, they kind of give you four to six weeks of pay, and then you can resign when you're done with your injury with somebody else. That's the idea. right. But it's four to six weeks. You would probably like it that say the you know half of it to land during the actual game week because that check is a lot more. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, now we're talking about a, a, a minimum, you know, a minimum uh, game check, which is you know probably fifty thousand dollars a week or sixty thousand for a minimum, something around there. Probably, I would guess by now. Um, so yeah, you would you know it, it would be a significant bump as opposed to your training camp per diem or your actual, uh, you know, OTA per diem. And, you know, guys, actually, you get per diem money, too. When you when you have your road games, 
they give you a bunch of money to, you know, eat yeah. with or whatever. So um, let me ask you, Croc, when you got your per diem, you pocketed that, right? And then you just ate at the facility. Okay, so funny story. Okay. okay I got <laughs> so um, my friend, like, you know, in the, even in the arena league, they give you per diem on, on road trips or whatever. So I would make me peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, have all these snacks, and I would take that, and everybody's like, Croc, what's wrong with you? Like, you get this money. I mean, we're getting, like, $200 for a night. And it's like, no, like, I'm not spending this money on food. They would all go out to these nice restaurants, like these barbecue places because we're in Kansas City or whatever. I'm pocketing my money, and I would actually make me food or cook me something and just warm that up, and I would eat Smart. that. I don't know why I'm so cheap. I, I, I can't tell you why, but. And I'm sure there's some teammates, you don't have to name them, that would be like, hey, can I get that $200 in singles? <laughs> <laughs> right. right you know there were there's actually people that cannot wait to get to off-season otas and stuff because they blow all their money they don't really budget it correctly right. for the for the off-season because you know like you said you get paid for the regular season and then if you get playoffs make the playoffs there's obviously like a playoff kind of per diem or whatever but you don't make anything in the off-season unless you're jimmy garoppolo and have a six hundred thousand dollar workout bonus most guys don't have workout bonuses like that so there are a lot of guys that can't they blow through all their money and can't wait to get back to ota so they can get that two thousand dollar a week stipend right one more question here this one from el garo and this is going back to the wide receiver depth with which now seems like less of a problem when we start seeing injuries at other positions guys out for the year he says i'm a little worried about wide receiver depth like everyone but if it results in more touches for kittle and juice is that really bad am i crazy um i mean as long as they, I mean, if you tell me right now, Kittle's healthy for 17 games, give him all the targets you want, right? Like, yeah. That's, that's a yeah. fine thing. But it, it, the one, two, three, as far as if you're talking about Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, that's not really an issue for me. And I, I expect to step up from some of those guys. But we know from history that one, two, maybe three will be hurt at some point <laughs> or maybe all at the right. same time. So then it becomes Dwelly, Richie James, and Juwan Jennings. And that's the problem, right? It's not ideal. Those are NFL players. But one injury you can get over. A couple injuries starts to get pretty scary, especially if that injury is George Kittle, since there's still some unknown and some development with the young wide receivers. Well, don't get me wrong. You know me. I'm a juice guy. Like I love fullbacks. That's that's my old mo. Like, but if you're gonna tell me Ayuk, you know, you're gonna tell me Debo, you're gonna tell me Kittle, you're gonna Mostert. You know, like there's a lot of guys that I want touching the ball before. Kyle Juszczyk like I, I like when he touches the ball that's cool because it's usually you know someone didn't pick him up in a route or something you know but, but how many but catches does Juszczyk have where he's wide open too it's not like he's like he's not like breaking ankles running routes out there he's like wide open in the flats on the backside <laughs> of a play or something but if you too. tell me you're going to give him like 10 10 carries like man good like, he's only had 19 and 20 else. he's only had 19 and 20 catches the last two years too so like you, yeah. you shouldn't expect Juszczyk to be a huge part of your offense the fact that he can do a lot of things he's on the field about 50 percent of the time that's awesome him, but like you're not running your offense through him in the running game or the passing game. All right, All right. No, Kittle. I said as as far as the depth goes, I'm I'm a little bit more intrigued each day by Sanu. Just the thought of Sanu, and I think we're you know everybody's really worrying about that spot. Who's the third receiver? Mm. But I mean, why not Sanu? He he is the vet. We know what we're getting. I'm watching him. I mean, just looking at him. He's definitely aesthetically pleasing. He has the right helmet, face mask, visor, all that good stuff. <laughs> Look good, play That's good. It's like, part. come on. I, you know, I, I, 
Kyle Shanahan's hard to read because he like he's almost like a teenage girl how quickly he falls in love and out of love with with his yeah. players right and he he's gonna die he has to have a guy at a certain point on draft day then he can't wait to get him out of the the locker room a couple of years later and I feel like with Sanu I, I didn't feel like there was a lot of love for him there and he was just like an extra guy and they're like oh, let's bring Sanu back oh, he's you know whatever he can sign with the, the Lions it's not a big deal so I just judging by last year and judging by how they treated certain players like I don't expect anything from Kevin White. I don't think they want Sanu to make the team. I think they would rather have some of these other guys make the team. That's just the vibe I get. But at this point, I don't. And, and even with like how crazy gadgety uh, Debo Samuel was utilized last year, I almost feel like he's almost slightly in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. And maybe Shanahan's mad about his injuries and and that that he hasn't been able to stay fully healthy. And I feel like the only guy I really likes now is. Brandon Ayuk, so uh, and Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle. So I have no idea really how Kyle Shanahan feels about some of these players. And every time I think I start to know and start to understand what he's looking for in the draft, I get it wrong. So I have no idea how to read Shanahan these days. And that's the way he wants it. I guess. Yeah, he does not want anybody, you or opposing coaches, to know what he's thinking, who he's favoring, what he wants that week, what he wants the following week. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. When they brought in Sanu, I was like, I like this. This is a good move. He's a veteran receiver. You know, he can move the chains. He's a big body. And then he rarely saw the field. You know, so it's like, okay, I I guess I I don't know what's going on with, with Shanahan. But I like that in my coaches. I don't want predictability. We got to wrap this up. I got one question for each of you. Wink, are you surprised the 49ers didn't do more in the offseason or in the draft at wide receiver? No. I'm not. I really think they like Jennings. I think they want her to stay healthy. I, I think that they like guys like Sanu, you know, and, and Kevin White. And and I think that they're they want to run first. They wanna they wanna pound you in the face there and, and build off of that. And I, I'm not surprised I'm I'm a little surprised they didn't draft a wide receiver, but you know, it's not shocking to me. It's kinda they they never they never do what I think they're gonna do. And again, I like that. Yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised they drafted two offensive linemen and two running backs and, and zero wide yeah. receivers because I think there was a need there and I think there were some opportunities there to get a guy. And um I, I think they in some ways were just laser focused on positions that, and some players they wanted to get and mm. didn't let the draft fall to them at a, at a couple positions. And we'll talk a little bit. I haven't done my I've done, I did my shadow 49ers. Everybody knows the players I drafted if you follow me on Twitter, but I haven't really talked about it on the pod. So we'll have to do that on an episode coming up really quick here. Um Croc, then I'll put this to you of the available pass catchers like Zach Ertz or uh Jameson Crowder. Are there any names out there you think, yeah, you know what? The 49ers should probably be making some calls right now. I think the tight end too is probably the most intriguing. I think when you look at the 49ers and really wanting to be more of a run-heavy offense, but having being able to utilize two tight end sets, especially with a guy like Zach Ertz, who has been productive for the most part, and you know, being able to have him play off of George Kittle, I think that's something that probably excites me more than adding a Jamison Crowder or anybody else. I think that you can add at receiver at this point. I think the upgrade from Crowder you know, to to whoever the 49ers already have isn't as big as Ertz to Dwelly. You know, like that's a big jump. It would really be really beneficial. I'll buy that. Yeah, you know, a lot depends on cost too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. to me, uh, slot receiver is also not something that should be that difficult to find, that difficult to develop. And the fact that the 49ers have kind of added so many slot types and you're still thinking that they need to go trade for somebody else's slot receiver to be number three is also kind of odd, and, and I don't like that at all. So mm-hmm. um, figure it out. Find a, find a slot receiver. You know, Find a slot receiver. The, the ones you should be spending money on are the ones that are hard to find, those linear, tall, fast guys that can win on the outside. It's harder to do than to find someone who can get open underneath, right. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
All right, we're out of time here. Good stuff. Let's hope that next time we talk, there are not any new injuries. There are Oof. not any Achilles, ACLs, guys lost for the season. Some 49ers fans are in a rough spot right now. And this is one of those things where you don't have a lot of answers. Just sit back and hope and don't dwell on it. It's next man up. Buckle up. It's going to be a wild off season, and we've got you covered every day right here. Locked on 49ers. See you.